Hey loves, I'm Marley Liss, and welcome to the Sensual Revolution. This is a global movement to reclaim sensual empowerment on an embodied and systemic level. My personal path of sensuality has not been easy. Shame around my body image, sexual abuse, and my queerness had me dissociated and numbed the heck out. It's been a big journey to get to where I am today, but I really have turned my pain to purpose. Along the way, I've learned our personal healing makes epic waves in this world. This podcast is here to remind you that your healing is selfless. When you learn to shed shame, love your body, and claim your worth, you pave the way for all people to do the same. Here, you can expect to hear from sexual educators and healers who work at the embodied level of sensual empowerment, as well as policymakers and justice leaders who work at the systemic level. It's all connected. So whether you're at the very beginning of your own sensual healing journey, or you're a sex-positive advocate and superstar, this community welcomes you. Let's come together and revolutionize this planet one loving, sensual step at a time. Hello loves, welcome back to another episode of The Sensual Revolution. I'm so excited because we have one of my absolute heroes, role models, soul sisters here with us today. We have the Erica Kramer, also known as the Queen of Confidence. Erica is amazing. If you don't already know this human, I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's an international confidence coach, popular five-star podcast host, known as the Cardi B of the personal development world, very much yes. Erica is a full-flavored, spicy, inspirational speaker with a large dose of heart and humor, as you'll definitely hear in this episode. After surviving so many traumatic experiences, like all of the experiences from childhood sexual abuse, being in and out of foster care, car accidents, losing her husband, a whole lot of loss, Erica is a beaming and beautiful example of how you can honestly heal your personal story and turn pain to purpose. This woman inspires me so much. I was honored to be featured on her podcast just about a year ago, and since then we've collaborated, we've supported each other. She's been my business coach in the past year, helping me grow and expand my own dreams. This is such an amazing woman, and you're going to hear so much magic in this episode. You're going to learn more about Erica's story from trauma to triumph, how she created a million-dollar impact-based business helping thousands of women all over the world. You're going to learn about why it's important for women and non-binary folk to claim confidence in the world today. Erica shares about overcoming internalized racism as a Latina woman and claiming the power of diversity. We talk about healing relationship to your parents, balancing forgiveness with boundaries. I know that this episode was so friggin' inspiring for me, like lit a fire within me, and I know it's going to do the same for you. So check it out. Give it a listen, and I'd love to share as well that I'm so excited because very, very, very soon, enrollment is opening for my signature coaching program, the Sensual Wholeness Academy. You can find all the details in the links below. It's an incredible eight-month journey where you dive into a global community of women reclaiming sensual empowerment. You learn about consent, boundaries, body love, sexual reclamation, empowered intimacy, 
how to own your pleasure, shed shame around your desires and know your worth in every cell of your body. This program has changed so many lives, including my own, and it really is my self-love made baby. I'm so excited to share it with you. So check out the link in the show notes. You'll see all the deets of what it's all about, and you can add your name to the waitlist. That way you'll get the early bird discount, and you'll be the first to know when enrollment does open. So let me know if you have any questions about that. Sending you all so much love and let's get the heck into this episode. Yay, I'm so excited. I'm here with the queen of confidence. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I love you. I'm so excited. Erica is such an amazing human and she's going to share so much magic with us like This woman has honestly changed my life, so I'm really excited to share with you today. Um, Erica, thank you for being here. Do you want to just say hi and tell us who you are in whatever way feels good for you? Okay, so first of all, I love you, and I acknowledge you so much for who you are and what you do. It is my absolute pleasure, honor to be here with y'all. So my name is Erica from America, but I live in Australia. Um, (laughs) and I'm a confidence coach. I help women be a bold stand in their world, whether it's in their mindset or in their business to take up space, to speak up, to stand out and to go for what it is that we desire without holding back and without a filter, apology free. Um, yeah, that's my jam. (laughs) I'm like, I really want a soundboard. I think I need one. Yeah. Um, okay. Can you tell us more about your personal journey with how you got to this work. And I know you have an incredible story that's been shared all over the world, but yeah, give us a little glimpse or a big glimpse into what brought you to this path. Yeah, so I grew up to in Boston, Massachusetts, shout out to to Beantown, uh, to a single mother who she got bipolar disorder at 28 years old. And I think back in Puerto Rico, when my mom had this illness, there was no support. There was no understanding of it. I mean, let's be honest, it's 2021 and there's still not a lot of understanding around mental illness and mental health. Mm -hmm. So she raised me, my dad left when I was two years old and she raised me on her own because of her illness. She would take medication, feel really good and then go off her medication. Um, And when she went off her meds, she would Uh, be unwell, physically abusive, obviously not meaning to, it was like someone else took over her body. And um, that kind of upbringing of not knowing if she was her or if she was ill. uh, And then the physical abuse, obviously police would come and take me away to foster care, take my mom into a mental hospital. And my family didn't take me in. And as a kid, I didn't realize that until I got to like eight or nine years old. And it was like, oh, I'm not worthy. No one wants me. I'm abandoned. I'm left. Um, and obviously, we all know how that works out when you think those thoughts about yourself. Um, moving into, I guess, school, I was a really angry kid. So I think kids use different ways to get attention and different ways to feel their trauma. And I used anger and frustration and fighting. And so all my friends now, and probably you too, Marley, are like, you don't seem like that kind of person. But I was like, yo, I was biting people's heads in the <laughs> school bus. I was like fighting boys, you know, like I was, I was wild. I was really uh, lashing out and seeking, like I was a call for love. Mm-hmm my whole life. So anger was a really big emotion that, and still, if I'm honest, it's the one that 
come that my shadow is the anger. So I grew up in that space, um, in and out of foster homes, went to different schools, met different people. And I think it really helped me become a communicator and a lover of community and people and cultures and races and sexes. And I just love total Gemini. It was a great <laughs> ground for a Gemini. <laughs> um, so that happened. And then when I was seven years old, we went to Puerto Rico for a holiday. Our family's Puerto Rican. And my dad, uh, we got into a really bad car accident. My mom was not on her medication and we almost died in this accident. And my dad came and, and took me from my mom. And so he kidnapped me for a year. I learned Spanish, learned about my Latin culture there, and then came back to America to be with my mom. So the whole time, if you can imagine a kid watching their mother, she was like my hero. I looked up to her so much. She probably felt like a hot mess, but I was like, you're amazing. I want to be a single mother and have a daughter. Like she was my hero. And she really, and this is funny, Marley, this just happened like in the shower, maybe two weeks ago, where all the shower wisdom. Uh, <laughs> I realized how my mom taught me determination. Mm. Like, I don't even know. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really determined. You know, I'm like, I'm never going to stop. I'm on fire. I back myself. I know what I want and I go and get it and create it. And I learned that from my trauma. I learned that from watching her show up to every foster home, knock on the door, walk for four hours to find me because she didn't have a car because her license got taken away. She never gave up on me. And that didn't happen until I'm like, what, 38 years old. I didn't realize that that not giving up on me has seeded into me not giving up on my dreams or myself, which is crazy. Um, at at uh, 16, I joined the military because I wanted to escape my life and, and go to college, I thought, for marketing. <laughs> How funny. Um, <laughs> I'm like, we do marketing now. Instagram yeah. swipe up is marketing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I escaped. I was like, I'm going to join the military. I went and married my high school sweetheart in secret, went to boot camp in the middle of 9-11. The towers were hit and I was in boot camp. You know, it was an, an incredible time. Um, me and my high school sweetheart moved to California, got married. He joined the Marines, went to war. Uh, and that whole time, I think that I was seeking stability joining the military i think that i was seeking love because i felt like i didn't get it i was seeking to be desired so got with my high school sweetheart married him moved away uh and then realized that i was waiting for him waiting for him to come back from iraq waiting for him to do to do his thing it was like this weird i needed this man or this relationship to validate me and i needed to be loved and needed and I realized I wasn't doing anything that I wanted. I was waiting for him. When he came back, we moved to Florida again so he could go to school and he could do things. This was all my idea. And I was in the army, which was not my dream. Uh, one night we were out drinking and driving and I was in the middle, in the back. And to any of the, the ladies listening or anybody identifying as, we are nurturers, we are lovers, we are carers. We look after everyone before ourselves. And I didn't have kids at the time, but I was in the back saying everybody put your seatbelt on we're all drunk as hell but I'm like hovering in the back middle seat you know that middle seat where you just like hang out and I'm like everybody put your seatbelt on trying to look after people we're all drunk we fall asleep I have no seatbelt we smashed into a ditch hit a van pushed us into a tree and then smashed into like a convenience store and I was ejected and broke my back and that was like holy shit wake up call like I almost mm -hmm. died in that accident and I was almost paralyzed 30 days in the hospital had to learn how to walk again and it became like a wake up call I started modeling I was in the military and my husband the following year was drinking and driving on his own 
And we didn't do that anymore. So it's weird. Like I believe things happen as they need to. And he ended up uh, passing away in a car accident. And that was like, I don't know. I looked to the sky. I didn't really believe in God, but I was like, whoever's up there, you must hate me because I'm done. Like this is too much trauma because I had all that shit from the sexual abuse, the physical abuse, the foster care, everything. And I kind of just gave up. And it's crazy, Marley. Like I think three to five years I numbed out. I drank alcohol. I still drank and drove. I must've just had like a death wish because I was like, my life sucks. I'm done. I'm, I'm damaged goods. You know, it's finished. So um, I met a man in Vegas. I was drunk. It was a hair conference. I became a hairdresser during that time. And I was like, yep, he's cool. You know, he didn't look like the, the ghetto dudes I had dated. So instantly I felt like he's better than me. He can fix me. I'm broken. I'm damaged. I need to be with him. That was crazy. And I moved to Australia. And then he was a jerk. <laughs> Shout out to you, Paul. He was a jerk. He was a narcissist. But um, he's like listening to this podcast. He's like, like, we cool. We cool. I seen you. I seen you a couple of years ago. We cool. High five to you. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really, I'm grateful to that experience. But he was not who I thought he was, and it just really yeah. showed me. I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And the universe was like, let me bring you someone to prove to you how you are right. Here you go. So he played that part in my life. And then I met another man just like him. He played that part. And then I finally was working out at a gym and met my husband, who was my personal trainer. And he was the most, I don't even want to say woke, but he was just elevated, like different energy, calm, peace, like beautiful energy. And I'm like, who is this man? And he was just my friend. And then that guy dumped me and my now husband, Hamish said to me, I know this lady, she's a life coach. I don't know if you're interested. He was into like shamanic healing and energy. I'm like, what the hell's energy? What do you mean the universe? What are you talking about? I was just so <laughs> oblivious to all of it. Um, and in 12 months, you know, we got engaged, we got married. I changed my life in 12 months and fell in love with this work and really saw how I just spent every dollar I had like credit cards, refinanced his house because it wasn't my house, but we refinanced his house, went to retreats, business coaching, life coaching. And I just devoured it like you, you know, personal development junkie. And then I was like, I want to teach this for people, but I didn't know I wanted to do that. So it kind of chose me. I think, I think it chose me the day I was born or maybe before then. And now I help women in mindset life and in business to, you know, heal their shit, make peace with their past mindset, head space, clear that up so that we can show up for our lives how we are, not fixing anything, just how we fucking are in every moment uh, so that we can get what we want and not worry about what anyone else has to say about it. And so that's really long, but that's it. Mm. Yeah, no, it's so powerful. Again, I love you. I like that you kind of laugh at the name, the queen of confidence sometimes, but also claim it and embody it so gorgeously because I think when some people hear, oh, confidence coach, they're like, oh, that's cute. Like, oh, yep. that's fun. And then hearing your story, it goes so deep. It goes so deep. And what I love about the way that you tell it is like, you can feel how much work you've done in the way that you look back at it. Like so mm -hmm. often you're, you're sharing this really beautiful, compassionate lens of, and this is why I made that choice. It was a call for love. Like that's mm -hmm. so compassionate instead of being like, I was a fucking mess, like blah, blah, blah. You're yeah, like, yeah. no, I see, I see why I did that. So yeah. I just think that's so beautiful and it's such a teaching as well for all of us. Can you just go off on some brags of like how amazing <laughs> you're doing right now? And of course the human experience is whole, like we all have ups and downs, but just give us yeah. some epic brags of like 
the ways that you're thriving because I know you're friggin' killing it. I love you. I, I, it's so good because I think that you go through these things and, and thank you for the opportunity because I think a lot of us see people that are killing it and that's all we see. You know, we mm-hmm. don't see what it took to get there or the hard times. Um, we launched this business, like the, the Queen of Confidence coaching, life coaching, confidence coaching business, and now business coaching within confidence um, in 2018. So January, February 2018, I started. Um, and we're now like into year three. And we've made well over a million dollars in our business and have thousands of women that have come through our programs from like 24 countries. The podcast has hit 1.2 million downloads and we have a best-selling book, girl. book book was a beast but we wrote that book in the pandemic in 2020 um and you know i i it does not matter to have a blue tick on instagram at all but i love what it says like you only get a blue tick if you're an official person no i love it (laughs) if you weren't gonna say that i was just gonna be like and she got that blue check mark that was kind of and i didn't pay for it so that was even better because we pay for it yeah okay yeah yeah, I get, I get to help. I guess I get my biggest thing, Marley, right? Is like, I get to help amazing women. You, I love you, um, to, to believe in themselves. And my whole, my whole, if you were to summarize me as a human at my obituary, when they burn my body and turn me into a tree or whatever they do, you know, it's like, she made me believe that I wasn't broken or damaged. She made me believe that like all the fucked up shit, I could actually transmute it and alchemize it into incredible. And it's because of the fucked up shit that I am this incredible person and that I can have whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Nothing like the past is because of it. Not, I can't have it because of that, because of that, I can have it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that's the goal is like that we use our experiences that we got given and that we chose, I believe at some point in time to create what we desire and be a stand for others to see that like shining so fucking bright that you blind people and that they go, I need to go buy glasses so that I could stare at you so that I can be shiny too. Like that's like the goal, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel that. Um, okay. Let's just go off a bit on this. Like, why do you think it's important for women to claim confidence right now in the world? And what, what are the potential or the, the ones you've seen? Like, what are the ripples of that? Yeah. So good. Such a good question. I think it's, I think it's something we already had, you know, people are like, you're not born with confidence. I have a three-year-old he's confident, right? Like my baby was confident. He want to run down the stairs It's dangerous. They're dangerously confident. Uh, and I think we learn to not be, we learn from the person who raises us. So whether you are a, a, a woman or anybody identifying as, and you have a physical child through your body, or you don't, you got a womb, whatever you create from that body space, that's a creation, that's a birthing of something. And so, and I want this to resonate for everybody listening to this. If you do not have that belief in self, and if you do not think you can do the things that you want to do, then what's going to happen is you don't create the world that you desire from your space, womb space, mind space, heart space. You don't get to have what it is that you want. And so I think it's really powerful and important, especially right now, because patriarchy, because pay gap, because male dominant industry, because abortion laws, because all the fucking shit that we're fighting against. And and my my take, and it's always been my take, and it's not the only take, but it is the way I choose to, to talk about it, is that forget about all that shit that's against you. Don't you be against you. 
That's the shit that pisses me off. And the thing that we don't talk about, you know, the patriarchy and the pay gap. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fighting. We're marching. I hear you. But what about marching for yourself? What about when you look in that fucking mirror and you attack yourself and you talk shit about yourself and you doubt yourself in your head? I'm like, why are we going to war for the outside world? You got a war in the inner world. So I'm like, take responsibility for that. And that's where I come in with the loving bitch slap. And that's what I want to be for women. Forget about out there. What about you? Are you clear with you? Because if you're clear with you, then that woman or identifying as can fight that outside war really well mm-hmm. because she's, she's done that shit internally. But when the inside world is at war and then you're trying to project your shit outside and fight them, you become just like them. And I'm like, we, we can't have that. And we need to build our confidence right now because the world needs it. And we're in lockdown and this turmoil and a half. So it's like, how do we become good warriors on the on the battlefield of life is you got to do that inside work your armor internally has to be next level because then outside you're protected but a lot of us are going out there hollow internally angry as fuck and then we project it out to those groups that are already terrible and then that just creates more of the same i feel you know so it's very important right now for us to reclaim that shit i feel that a lot like i i think you know i got my start in social work and there was yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot of people well-intentioned wanting to make the world a more beautiful place, but neglecting themselves yes. so much. And the average burnout rate was five years. And I would go and I would work in those fields and I'd be like, we're trying to help people, but we're exhausted. Like we're exhausted. We're drained. We're defeated. And we're trying to help. It's not, it's not sustainable. It's not going to go yep. anywhere. So I love that you're, you're recognizing that bridge and what I see all the time is when we focus on our individual selves, like you teach, we reclaim it, we feel empowered, we feel confident, and then we go out and we ask for a promotion or we ask for policy change or whatever it is, or we raise kids differently and like the ripples do happen. There's something you shared as well that I would really like to go into. I've heard this come up a few times just in this past week is people talking about their relationships to their mothers. And of course, everyone has such a different relationship with their parents. Um, But obviously, you experienced a lot of hurt and abuse and trauma from your mom. And you're able to speak about it now in a way where you're so compassionate and understanding. And you sound so, it sounds so integrated for you. And you're also not minimizing or denying Mm -hmm. what happened to you. So I'm just, I'm just curious about like, how you got to that point and how that might feel for you now. Yeah, I think it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work, right? Um, My mom, I think for me, I, I never, I was always an optimistic kind of person and an optimistic kind of kid. And that just, I think, came from birth. Like, I think I was always like looking at, you know, the glass half full kind of thing. And so it, it was almost like that spiritual bypassing when it comes to my mom. It was almost like toxic positivity or whatever that's called. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but she did the best she could. Yeah, but she was bipolar. Yeah, but blah, 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 always. And it wasn't until maybe a year and a half into my self-work. So, and I'm talking 30K into my self-development payment journey. So if anybody's out there like, I've done the work, I challenge you to stop saying that and keep going because mm-hmm. the work does you right like so I thought I was worked on it and at one and a half years someone said to me hey I'm really sorry about what happened to you that wasn't okay Hmm. and it's like what 
And it's like, it's okay to pause and take that in. And it wasn't okay that your mom abused you. It wasn't okay that, you know, she knew you would be sexually abused by that weird man, but she didn't jump in and kind of prevent it. It wasn't okay, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, and I just started crying, like bawling my eyes out. It was like it was speaking to my seven-year-old, three-year-old, two-year-old, 12-year-old self. And I had never really acknowledged that what she did, whether she meant to or not, to that child wasn't okay. And that child didn't deserve that. And that child should be able to feel what they felt without projecting it, just feeling their own, processing their own feelings. And I was like, wow, like that was huge for me. And obviously I had done the work to not blame and shame her and be angry, but it was such a beautiful reclamation and like almost taking back the pieces that were splintered off in those traumatic moments and coming together and being like, yeah, that wasn't okay. Without going, yeah, but she didn't mean to. Yeah, but she was bipolar. Yeah, but you don't know. No, 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 no. That wasn't okay, Erica, little Erica, I'm sorry. And it was like, wow. And I had already done some of the understanding of why she did what she did. So I talk a lot in my work about standing in someone's shoes. And right now is a perfect time to talk about it with the whole jabs and, and mandates and vaccine passports and all that shit that's going on. It's like, whether you're on either side, can you stand in the other person? And I have a skill where I can stand in my mother and totally understand why and how she did what she did as her. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, I understand. And when I step out of her, I'm much more compassionate to her. I don't agree with her ever, barely ever we agree, but I can understand with her head and her body and her past and her life, why she does what she does. And then that's all we need to do is understand. So that just kind of hit me being able to do that. And then still coming back to understanding my mother, who she is, why she is. And then having a fucking sexy ass boundary, not sexy for her, but sexy for me, unapologetic mm-hmm. boundary, like it's, it's there. And I always go to like, what if she died? Would I feel bad? No. Okay, cool. I always check in with that. Like if she's gone, am I going to cry and <laughs> feel bad? No. Are you being an asshole? No. Oh, no, that's an yes. asshole. Okay. You know, like I'm constantly checking that because I don't want her to go one day and me be like, oh, I was a bad daughter. I want her to be, when she goes, if she goes before me, I'm clean. And everything I did, I back it because I did it with my, the proper conscious. Um, And there's a lot of healing that's went into that relationship and it's one-sided. So I healed, not her, but by me healing, she saw that she responded differently to me. She's healed. She's changed. And I didn't change her. I only changed Mm -hmm. me. You know, you know this, but to anybody listening, she didn't do shit. She literally didn't change at all. And I changed. And by me changing, she changed. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Honestly, full fucking chills when you were sharing, especially about that moment of realizing that wasn't okay. Yeah. And hearing that, and I just think that that is so important for so many of us, because I think a lot of people take pride in feeling unaffected by mm. things. I hear this a lot with sexual trauma, people being, oh, oh you know, this happened to me, but it happens to every woman. So no big deal. Hmm. and and there's that moment where okay that might be true we might have this logical sense of okay well I know why this happens this happens all the time I know the stats I know what bipolar disorder is and how it affects someone like logical but then there's that emotional part of ourselves that just needs to grieve and cry and feel love it's important we can't bypass that because then we don't do us any favors and it like you said it's not about blaming them it's about it's about revealing and healing you it's about you the whole thing's about you and it's a gift to yourself you know and 
Um, it's very personal as well. You don't have to talk about it to anyone. You can really just do that for you. And um, it's a beautiful gift. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cute. How do you feel about the word forgiveness? Oh, yeah. I think... Um, I think it's for you as well. Like, I just think when, when, you know, the quotes, I'm such a funny person. Cause when I talk on my podcast about like hashtag, it's like a quote, it's like a t-shirt, but yeah. the reality is all of those little corny ass quotes, if you live them, <laughs> when you live them, they don't feel so corny. They feel like, oh yeah, that's what I do. Like forgiveness is for me, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like for you for giving, giving it to you because like they say the, the it only poisons you when you're angry at someone else and the reality is my mom uh does not the, the thing that fucks me up the most about her still like to this day is that the um in her eyes I had a great life I was always dressed nicely blah 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 Erica was amazing she was a little princess I taught her this I gave her that in her eyes like we had the best life and cool I'm glad you remember the highlights you know and then she won't um she won't touch on my negative parts or like will bypass them or like, you know, says why that happened instead of going, I acknowledge you and I see you and I'm sorry. And I'm like, of course, she's not going to do that. She hasn't spent how much money and done the work. And so for me, I think that's one of the biggest things that if you're going to be standing in forgiveness, you have to forgive as is. You don't have to forgive if X, Y, Z. It's like, can you forgive as is? because it gives you space, you know? Um, I recently reunited with my dad uh, in 2019, Christmas 2019. And he left when I was two, no relationship with him. I was his first daughter. He's got like eight kids. Um, I scratched his photos when I was a kid. My mom never talked bad about him, but I like myself was like, fuck you, I hate you. Um, he took me when I was seven. He kidnapped me from my mom for a year. And I never saw him again until I was 16 for like a blip. And then in 2019, I spent my money that I had earned, bought him a ticket from Puerto Rico to Australia, bought my mom a ticket and reunited them. And Marley, I had never touched my parents in the same room, like my mom and my dad and me. And I was just like, I could feel, I could feel the cellular lineage healing. Like, ooh, I was like, oh my, I was looking at them like, fuck, this is crazy. And my kids were in the room, but it wasn't even about my kids. I was just like, this is for me. And when I listened to his perspective, he's like, I rescued you. Your mom got into an accident. She was going to kill you. You were walking for three days. She was not well. I rescued you. And then my mom's like, he's an asshole. And then he's like, I rescued you. And then I'm like, holy shit. And it was like, we sat in this kind of like your restorative justice. We sat in my car listening to each person's perspective. And I'm like, that's hundred percent true for you. Mom, that's hundred percent true for you. And I'm like, what's hundred percent true for me. And I couldn't come to my truth because my truth was within their stories and their perspectives, you know? And there was this big forgiveness that was like, I accept who you were and what you did then and why you did it. You had a reason. And I forgive myself for being angry at you. And now I have peace. I have peace. I don't know what they have, but I'm peaceful. And I think that's what forgiveness is, is like, there's more sides to the story. And if you're only looking at yours, you'll never be able to forgive because you can't stand in the other person and why they did what they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? So brilliant to have that balance too, to be able to see their stories and claim your own. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, and then you went on to write a whole book that's literally your story. So yeah. I just think that's so like kind of ritualistic and powerful. 
And like, yeah. yeah, what was that like? Was it very emotional? Was it really empowering? Well, you know, like you, with your story, like you think you almost don't want to be the superstar in your own story kind of thing. You know, we all have that, like, you don't want to be her. Like you mentioned the queen of confidence. Like, I don't want to be the queen. Like we're all queens. And my husband's like, just own the damn name. Like yeah. be her, you know, be the spotlight for now. Um, and in the book, I was trying to skim over the story and I only did one chapter. Cause I was like, I can't write the book of the story. Right. Um, and I made it about me. It's like, the story's not about you. This story speaks for other people in similar situations. And you got given this story to share it. So other people, that's what I believe that I got given what I got in order to share it, to help other people feel seen and heard and connected. And so it was like, when I flipped it, like, oh shit, it's not about me not being big or feeling like, look at me, it's so sad. It was like, it's about the viewer or the reader being seen that I was like, okay, cool. So we did a whole story in chapter two and that was crazy, Marley. Like I just, the whole journey to write that, like connecting with my social worker again after, I don't know, 30 years, I hadn't spoken to my social worker and she still works there and is a social worker and like remembers more than I can remember because I don't you know you mash up trauma mashes up your memories um yeah it was a really big process my husband was a big key part of that because he knows everything about my life and he really helped me to kind of connect things as a viewer as opposed to the person who experienced it because I wanted to kind of brush over things and he's like no like own that and stand in that so yeah, it was a crazy experience. We wrote the book in six weeks in the lockdown in 2020, that long lockdown that we six had in Six weeks? Yeah. That's fast. I know. It was in me. You know when things are in you, yeah. like the confidence side? I was like, I could write that. My story, I was like, oh shit, um, do I have to tell my story? He's like, yes, you do. You have mm-hmm. to tell your story, you know? So we skimmed. And the book about the big story possibly is coming very soon. And that's going to be a monster. It's always a monster, right? Like, oh yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am writing my memoir right now. And yeah. this is like, yeah, it's such a journey. Um, it is emotional, right? It is emotional, but so therapeutic. And like you're saying, like such a powerful process. One of the reasons I'm like, for amongst many reasons that I'm like, thank God Erica exists in the world is because I've always had a lot of shame around how much I want to do and how fast I want to create, and how like kind of go getter, what would be called masculine energy. Um, I have that's like create, 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 I have an idea, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going into a vortex, no one talked to me for three days. I'm like, putting me (laughs) on a book, right. And for a long time, especially when I was hanging out in really kind of spiritual spaces, it was like, no, no, like, relax, breathe, be in your feminine. And that's so important, too. But it's like, when I feel it, I feel it. And so when I discovered you, I was like, full permission, full Mm. permission to just go off and do it. So I'm just curious about your reflections around that and like anything you're called to share around that. Yeah. Um, my husband laughs at me because he's just like, you're crazy. Like you got so much (laughs) in your head. But again, I, I really think that shit from my mom, like that determination and like, I, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be defined because I'm a Latina woman of color from the hood on food stamps or had no dad. Technically, I am a statistic, but I'm like, no, I want to really be over here. And I think seeing the, I feel like the foster care helped me, Marley, because we were in, um, we lived like on the on the bad side of town. 
And then when I would go to foster homes, we'd go to like YMCA camp, summer camp and do canoeing and shit. No little Puerto Rican girls from the hood knew about canoeing, had flip canoes. And I'm like, it's cool. Like, you know, I'm like getting the best of both worlds, but it very much was like, in my case, it was white people, right? This is what white people do. And this is what Spanish and black people do. It was like, that's how it felt. And I think as a kid, my brain was like, hold on, but I'm a Spanish girl with these people and I'm doing it. So how come this works? And obviously at the time I did not understand this, but now understanding trauma and how things work and how kids make things mean things in their head. I feel like there was always this lack in me. And my, my story was like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not white enough. I'm not educated. That was always my story. And still, if I'm honest, if I have an opportunity to speak to a room in Australia, there's a lot, there's not really a lot of Puerto Rican people here. Um, a room full of, you know, uh, high level business women, they're mostly white women that are in corporate or big jobs. I will get the, you're not smart enough. You're not, you're too Puerto Rican and, and ghetto fabulous like Cardi B. Like you need to like, you need to get classy. And it's like mm. that, that story, like you're not smart enough. Uh, you're a stupid Spanish girl. That shit still, and I know she's there and I'm like, come on, babe, don't be scared. Like mm -hmm. own it. Like now I will wear my bamboo hoops with corporates and my press on nails that are lime green and be like, what's good? Cause I know that they're like, oh, you're such a breath of fresh air. Like now I own that bullshit stereotype that I was so scared of in business, I own it. And so I'm like, when you, when you work with your shit you can transmute it into your superpower. And I'm happy for you to label me as she's so crazy. Oh my God, look at her bamboo hoops. I'm like, cool, you're boring as fuck. <laughs> and you know, like I'm gonna excite you today. And I'm going to teach you some shit about business and the belief. So I think yourself, anybody listening to this, who's went through any kind of adversity, whether you were made fun of, bullied, your parents divorced, you had acne, or you had, you got kidnapped and death and, you know, abuse, any kind of adversity, big or small, there's no comparison. You have a superpower because you already made it through that hard thing. You might as well get something out of it. You already did that. So I'm like, if that shit didn't break me speaking in a room full of people doing a TED talk, and if people don't like it, that's not going to break me or trying to launch something and only two people buy it. That's not going to break me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we, most of us already have been broken in other ways that you get that audacity to go, I'm going to do this. And my husband was not on board with me when I launched my business and I launched it out of, I have to, out of, I must. So if you're out there and you're like, I don't have that, I don't have that drive. Don't worry. Because sometimes you, you have to have a near-death experience or you go broke or become homeless or some fucked up shit happens and then there it comes. My hope is that you can learn from people like me and Marley and whoever else is on this amazing podcast and you don't have to, but some of y'all listening, you have to. You got to go to rock motherfucking bottom underground and then you go, oh shit, and then your, your success comes. So I feel like my the way I do things now is I'm like, I can do that. And if I, if, I, if I think I can't, it's just a story that I have to work out why I have that story and overcome it. And so I do a lot of scary shit or say things or, you know, I'm audacious. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I tell people publicly. And then I'm like, fuck, I better do that too. You know, like I'm one of those like last minute, like tomorrow it's due. Let's do it right now. Like I work on that kind of energy and I'm like, oh, that's burnout energy. And I'm like, doesn't matter. I'm getting my results and I'm not 75 years old and I haven't killed myself doing it. And I think that once you do that, you find better systems and ways to work. But yeah, I, I feel I feel really great to let people know that they can go for what they want and that if they're not doing it, it's because of bullshit story. I feel great going, let's talk about money and making money because women need to be making money. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel great 
getting people connected in groups where we teach and share stuff so that it's not all for me. I love sharing what I know with people. I, I do it all the time. And so I feel like the more we do this as women are identifying as the more we'll let other women know that we can do this. Uh, and that bullshit thought that we can't make money, we can't be billionaires, we can't be high level CEOs or whatever it is, that's a lie. And I'm like, I'm going to spend my whole life breaking those lies that I've been told and lies I've told myself, you know, with awesome women like you. Come on, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I cannot imagine that anyone who's listening to this is like, just like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's I feel awesome. so fired up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like crumping, listening with their yeah. headphones on, ready to do this, <laughs> calling the president. They're like, oh, I have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, good. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, what 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 makes me elated about that is as well is the power of representation. And mm. my Two, I guess two episodes ago, I talked about like censorship and the importance of, of seeing ourselves yeah. representation wise. And I think of the perception of what's, what does a professional woman look like? What does a thriving millionaire woman look like? And now it looks like you. And I just think that's, I just think that's so amazing because right. Like if your younger self, was exposed to that all the time if your younger self was meeting millionaire latina entrepreneur woman all the time how yeah. would that have changed those stories wow. so like you're doing that you're doing that for people everywhere which is so fucking amazing which is why it's like you know what it's deeper than a blue check mark like that blue check mark runs deep because it means something for everyone who comes across your profile and says wow She's yeah. doing it. She's fucking doing it. That's and that's yeah. exactly it. It's like all of the wins, all of the money. To me, it's a game. It's like it's a game. And if I haven't figured out, it's a game. How do I do this? How do I do that? And it is. It's 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 so powerful to be able, like my book. I was like, I really wanted to, I wanted to get a deal, but I was like, I ain't nobody to get a deal yet. You know, now we can now we get in deals. But back then I was like, I just gonna get it out there. And and my silly uh, the whole time writing the book, I had this. She was like a Puerto Rican Maya Angelou in my head. Okay. Bear with me. Right. She was like, you know, how she was like Oprah's ear. Like, Hey, calm down. Don't do this. Don't be silly. I had this like Puerto Rican Maya Angelou being like, don't be a silly marginalized woman and do silly shit. Like don't use crazy ass fonts. Like use Marie Forleo font. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, that shit should look like Tony Robbins wrote that book. It should not look like some ghetto ass book that you self-published. So it was weird. It was like, be smart, but also inside the book, sound like you be you mm -hmm. and just get it out. And so the bad thing is that not everyone had access because it wasn't published by Penguin. So it wasn't all over the world, right? The good thing, I got it out and I did what I did. And now if I'm, when I make all the money in the world, then I can take it and I can give it away for free to the hoods and back home in America. And I've been able to do that already. And that makes me like next level uh, grateful. Like the audiobook is mine and on my website, I could give you a code. And if you live in the hood and you want to like, listen to someone like you, that's killing it and doing it. And you're like, I want to do it. You can listen to my audiobook for free. Cause I can give it to you if I want to. And like, to me, that ability to, and that only happens with wealth when you make money, and you focus, and this is why we be talking about, we got all the shiny objects, but let's not sabotage, like focus on that and keep going there. Because when you keep going, you keep going and you get to that level where you wanna get to, 
like Oprah did what she had to do with her little talk show bullshit. And she had to do it. She was smart. Now she's talking about spirituality and meditation and she's rolling. She doesn't even need any money, but she climbed up her ladder to be an authority and she makes change globally now. Back in the day when she was on the talk show, she had to do the little talk show thing. And that's what she was climbing. And I love watching people like that because it's like humbling me because I am I can get crazy and excited. And I'm like, oh, chill, baby. Like learn, like calm down, stay on focus, calm down. You will get there. Just chill, be patient. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm ready to change the world now, it's like, what ladder do you need to climb so that you have higher visibility and you can see where your impact can land? Because if you're only halfway up that ladder, and you're trying to help right there, that's where your impact will stop. And this is for all of y'all who are like, Oprah Winfrey legacy, next level, Danielle Laporte, like high level shit. You got to keep climbing. You got to keep climbing and you got to kick off the arms that are trying to pull you back down that ladder, you know? And that's hard. Mm -hmm. I love how real and grounded it is too. And this is what I always feel with your messaging is it's real. And what I've experienced a lot, and I think it's a really privileged, entitled uh, kind of bypassing stance is like, oh, like, we'll just meditate on it or we'll just manifest harder. And I do think there's realness to that. I do think that's part of it, but I don't think it's the whole picture. And I just think it's such an important message to say, and this is what we have to do, like to be smart, to be skillful, mm-hmm. to be strategic about it. And I really mm-hmm. feel that from working with you, like Eric has been my business coach for the past like six months. Um, and you're constantly bringing me back to my, my biggest, biggest, biggest vision and goal, which is not simply like, oh, I want to coach women. It's like, I want to change systems in the world. I want to like make a, a politician feel so much that he decides to change the legislation because I like moved him to tears with a story you know what I mean so I just I love the balance that you bring of like do that inner work do that money mindset work do all these things and also take the actions that align with with those dreams I haven't, I haven't shared this before, but I have to say when I was younger, I remember I loved JLo, like obsessed with her. I had photos of her everywhere. She was hot back then. She's still hot now. Like to me, I look at her like in another dimension. I'm like, we were connected somehow because she works so fucking hard. Now her choices in relationships, she's a woman, she's a person. She does what she does. You know, I don't love all of her choices, but I look at her as her, her work ethic and her watch me do it watch me make a clothing brand that's not cute and I don't give a shit (laughs) like watch me do this you know like she doesn't care what we think she's going for it and I look to her and I remember being young and hearing her interviews and people be like how do you do it you know just you just got to believe in yourself and I'm like what the fuck does that mean I'm like give me a phone number of your like do you got a number can I call an agency like what's the website like what's the app like what's the I was always like hold on what no, no, no. Like, no. Do you have like a phone number of an agency that I could call and I could get a manager that could book me things like you? Never, never. No one gave no tangible, nothing like Beyonce. Like where's the tangible shit? Where's the ladder? Where's the GPS map? And so for me, I love her still to death, but I'm like, I I don't want to blanket and generalize you know, you just gotta not, not stop like blah. That's so boring. It feels very, the secret, very like you just yeah. manifest. It's like, how, what do I do? 
So I always, for me, really try. And, you know, I'm like, do this thing, take this step, call this person, do this book, download this app. Like, here's the thing. Cause I know that that leads to you actually getting that result as opposed to like, you know, you should just believe in yourself. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is so important. I almost feel like it's the same thing as the romanticized Disney love story we're given a lot. I'm like, my perfect prince charming. I'm like, not even fucking attracted to men. <laughs> we'll come someday and save me and whatever. And um, I think there's a similar idea yeah. that we get from seeing interviews like that and not seeing any of the behind the scenes work none of the behind it. we just see the pretty pretty outcome and final result and so we're like oh wow if at the moment I believe in myself I'm gonna have all of it one of my mm -hmm. favorite examples with that is like like the me too movement went so 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 viral and Tarana Burke the creator like did a world speaking tour is so successful has influenced millions of people and we're like wow all from one tweet like no not from one tweet she worked for 10, like at least 10 years doing mm. deep activism, grassroots organizations, like hardcore committing to this cause. And then that happened. But when we only see, oh, wow, just a tweet. Oh, just one tweet. It's like, no, there's, there's something really beautiful about commitment. And I think a lot of, I think for a lot of women, it's just new to us. Like we, like, you know, 50s housewives couldn't say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and act on my dreams. It's like, it's yeah. pretty new. It's pretty trailblazing yeah. shit. Yeah. And also like culturally, like depending on what culture you're from or what religious background you're from or what conditioning you've had, like, you know, what labels have been put on you. And, and we know, like, if I tell a, a fucking, if I tell a tulip, it's a fucking rose, it's whole life, it's growing. And it's like, I'm a rose and my baby, you're a tulip or vice versa, whatever you think is a better flower. Like, can you imagine growing in the seeds of roses and believing you're a fucking tulip your whole life? Cause that's what you were told. You don't even see yourself. And I think that that's exactly right. Like we have to, when we get a little mirror, it's like, Whoa, actually crow's feet is fine. Like, actually my weight is great. Actually I am smart in other ways, actually like you really, and that's the, that's the whole world that I want to live in. It's our world, the internal world. The outside world, yes, it needs help and we need to fix it. But that's that savior shit. Like, don't try to save me when your shit looking crazy. Like, <laughs> and I, and I, I want to say, like, I feel like 98% of us got some shit inside. I love you, but we need to work on it because we just want to forget about us and help other people. And it's our own projection of lack that wants to help that person. I'm like, work at home, like mm -hmm. Mira, you, you know, and that changes the world when you work on you when you deal with you when you deal with your stuff when you overcome your demons when you heal your trauma when you believe who you are is great and you go for your life and I'm eating my popcorn watching you like oh my god look at Marley <gasps> yes I'm she's I'm doing it I'm doing it we don't have the same life but I know what she went through and I love that and I, she can do it I can do it like that's the goal. And every single one of us, whether you're in business listening to this or not, or whether you have a, an Oprah legacy or a Marley or Erica legacy or not, let's put our name up there. I'm talking to you because you make an impact in your community, in your college, in your school, in your home, in your family unit, like your cousin sees you and be like, oh my gosh. So you don't need to be some super big boss doing some Oprah shit. You are still impactful because you're a human on this earth and you impact your, your tight-knit group or your community or your schools or your, 
where your work like you still are a leader when you do that for yourself so don't think you get scotch free you got to work on you you know because you impact people 100% and I'll say too like I'm I know now I did I don't think I knew this before that I have to keep working on myself always and I think we've talked about this before like I can only show up to help people to help my clients to do whatever it is when I'm resourced so like I have my therapist, I have my coaches, like, it's so important. Um, Can you share, Erica, so I know you gave us such a gorgeous um, window into all of your success right now. Can you share, like, what are some things that have shifted for you in your inner world, like the way you talk to yourself, the way you feel in life and your body since doing all this work, like since finding all this confidence work? Yeah, I think one of the biggest is that initial stupid Spanish girl shift that that using what I thought was my biggest weakness as that's actually my superpower. That's actually the thing that makes me different. I live in Australia. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm American. So in this country, uh, and whether you live in a different country, you work in a company where you're different, or you're in a family where you're different, that's your superpower, you know? And I think I've spoken so negatively about myself in that way and tried to be like the people I see around me. And actually, I'm, I'm more powerful when I'm me. And that was huge. And every time I think, oh, not do it. Like, I can't wear that. Oh, I have to make sure I have makeup on. No. How do you feel? I feel good. Then be that. How is your heart space? Like, how do you feel? So I, I really have brushed my brain, like, like brushing my teeth, like I'm brushing my brain, like my mind is, I am the security guard of my mind, like nothing is going to get in. If that shit gets in, I'm really aware of it. We got like pit bulls at the front door. I'm like, how did you get in? Who are you? You know, and I want to tear apart the thought that says I'm not good, because I know it's not real. So I think that's how it's changed for me a lot is that I don't suffer. And if I'm suffering, I was suffering recently because we've been in a lockdown for 230 or something days. And I was suffering. I was going into the future about what this means about the world and fear and scared and anxious. And please know that I still get fearful, anxious, scared, lack of confidence, doubt myself, feel like a stupid Spanish girl. All that still happens. The thing is that it doesn't stay for long and it doesn't become a, a one thought that turns into a bad day, a bad week, a bad year. No way. I see it. It's in there. And then I'm like, I'm suffering. Why am I suffering? And then I start asking myself questions. So my inner chat, my inner um, dialogue is really great. I'm my own best friend. And I'm like, what's going on with you? And I don't need to tell anyone as well. I think I used to need to tell people like, babe, you know what happened? I thought this and that. And I, now I just watch myself wanting to tell someone and, and taking whatever just happened that maybe was dramatic and sharing it with someone else and making it even bigger and more dramatic. I almost got hit by a train once, um, like because I dropped my keys and did something. And I was so scared. My body was like, <laughs> and I normally would have been like, oh my God, babe, I almost got hit by a train. I didn't though. <laughs> so I was like, why well, I got to call Hamish? I didn't get hit by a train. What is this drama that just got created that I now want to phone call someone and pass it through the phone so they can feel it and put it out there. No, I didn't get hit by a train. And that was an inner lesson of like what I did and how I could have waited and been patient. And I was like, and it was so beautiful because besides you and everybody that's listening to this, no one would ever know that. And it's kind of nice to have your own inner secrets with yourself about yourself and not need that validation or someone going, yeah, or wow, 
Like, I don't know how to explain that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I do, yeah. you know, it's me with me and it's not even me. It's this body and this, you know, skin bag with the soul or the energy that's there going, cool, good job. Next, next thing. I don't know. It's like, I'm not alone. I don't feel alone. Even when I'm by myself, I feel mm-hmm. held. I feel there's a me and then there's the awareness. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to the awareness. So then I'm like, fuck, it's me with, I'm a Gemini for real. There's like two of us, you know? Um, (laughs) So I think my inner, my inner dialogue, and that's my number one go-to and that's changed my whole life, Marley. And anybody listening to this, that's really been the thing that has changed my whole life is that I don't believe what I think. And I don't let shit into my head that doesn't feel good. I question it. I interrogate it. I rip it to shreds until I go, ah, that's why that came. That's what that meant. Okay. Understand, understand, change it, understand. So I'm a guard dog of my mind and it's, I keep it really sacred. I, which means then if I do that, how does that look in my life? I don't hang around negative people. I don't have vampires. I don't have clients that are a pain in my ass. I don't allow discussions not to go had if they need to be had with my husband. I communicate better. I'm an example to my children about that. You know, so like that one little thing, air quotes, becomes, it changes everything in my world because I am a guard dog of my brain, of my mind. And that's my new kind of way of being. If I'm suffering, I'm like, oh, there's a thought that I'm not asking about what it's doing there. And it's making a mess in my head. Like Gandhi says, I won't let anybody walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Anybody means fucking Instagram just walk through your mind with their dirty ass feet, that follower, that news you watched, that judgment that you passed on that person smoking or doing whatever they're doing. That's walking through your mind with dirty feet. And how many times does dirty feet walk through your head? I don't know. Some people got a swamp in their fucking heads mm-hmm. and it's, they don't even know about it. And they're trying to project outward. And I'm like, no, go there, clean that shit up. Some Ajax, whatever, <laughs> maybe not Ajax, mm-hmm. not you. but you know, like, <laughs> vegan cleaner and clean that brain of yours you know <laughs> or, or or read Erica's book spray <laughs> <laughs> some windex in your ear or read Erica's book <laughs> put some big vaporup right here <laughs> yes uh, it's so 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 amazing and I just I just love you so much like I, I just really I'm so honored to know you and I'm like how have we actually never met in person as well <laughs> like Australia I know it is gonna be mad I feel like natural fireworks will just start, start I'm just gonna, stare at, you. I'm just gonna <laughs> stare at you and cry I'm just gonna be like there you are can we play some music and run to each other slow motion <laughs> I know so many people just cried listening to that episode and hearing about you share and hearing about the way that you worked through so much of those stories and just have come to this place of so much fulfillment and just like treating yourself like the best fucking partner in the world like that relationship between you and you is like oof, that's the Disney romance that you've been waiting for <laughs> Yeah, the prince or princess or the frog, whatever you're into, charming. Okay. Yes, that's it. Um, can I say to Marley, I want to say one thing that I've been I've been thinking about this this week many times, and I had a few interviews that it came to me at the end, and it's come to me now again. And I think it needs to come out, and it's gonna come out here for your amazing audience. Um, I, I want everybody as a little challenge from this to just check in where you get triggered, check in with where you feel judged, check in where you judge. We cannot transform or transmute something that we have judgment or, 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 or charge 
from. And, and I really, I feel like people go, I'm not confident because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, cool. So what about the X, Y, Z is charging you? What about that is, oh, well, I feel like I'm going to get judged. Cool. Where do you judge people? Where do you judge people? I don't judge people. Yes, you do. Where do you judge people? Where are you making fun of people public speaking? Where are you picking apart how people are? That's why you feel picked apart. Where are you doing the thing that you're scared to do yourself? And if you can transmute that, if you can be honest with yourself and be like, you know what? I do. I judge that girl. I judge people that do TikToks. I judge people that shake their cellulite. Fuck. You'll never get that freedom for you when you are in the judgment space. And don't take the judgment as you're an asshole because you're not. It is a little dashboard light in your car going, hey, if you work on me, you can have that too. If you work on me, you can make money too. If you work on sales and not feeling sleazy and making fun of salespeople, you can actually be able to make sales and not be sleazy and change people's lives. Whatever the thing that you're battling with, and I know mine, you know yours, we all got ours. If you could sit with that, and flip it and work it, you will be able to have access to that as well. And consider that if you judge, you'll never be able to access that thing for yourself. And that's the little last invitation because it's, it's hard. It's like yucky medicine, but if you could do it, you'll be miles ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. I'm like, I hope people are taking notes, like journaling. Yeah, pull over, pull over. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is just a little baby glimpse into all the magic and brilliance that Erica offers. So tell us about how to connect with you, how to work with you, all the things. Well, I'm always on Instagram. Me and Marley love Instagram. So make sure that if you love this episode, you do a tag and make sure you screen record, do the audio so that we can like totally share it with our audience. Uh, I am there. There's no bots. It's me Um, on thequeenofconfidence.com. Also sisterhood. So sisterhood is my year long coaching program for women who want to change their lives and heal their past and um, create what they desire. It's a beautiful community. Uh, And that's like the life coaching side. And then there's scale squad, which is the business side. Um, It's closed right now. But if you are interested in the business side of things with my crazy self, then go and check it out and you can put your name on the wait list. Um, I have a lot of free stuff because I am a chick from Boston who grew up on food stamps. So there's a lot of free shit. So you never have to pay me a dollar to change your life. You can literally listen, go on the website, get all the free shit. And then when you feel ready, if you are called to hit me up and let's do some stuff. And if not, I love you anyway. Um, and I appreciate you. I love you, Marley. You're the best. Love you so much. And highly, highly, highly recommend I like the I book. Said, scale squad. The book too. Oh. And the book Sorry, too. Yeah. Say yeah. the book. Do the, do the book thing. Yeah, the book. Confidence feels like it. <laughs> truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it. Yeah, that's the book. There's audio, audible, my website, and you can get the real book. I'll sign it and send it to you with nice tissue paper. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And Scale Squad's amazing. Erica's, um, I feel like Erica's, Erica's blown my mind with how ethical and human your business strategy is. It's like, be skillful and generous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like always coming back to that. Um, yes. Thank you so freaking much, love. Thank you to everyone for listening. Yay, I love you. I honor you and thank you for being who you are. You are amazing woman, woman. I love you. Thank you so much for listening, loves. How inspiring is Erica? Definitely, definitely read her book. If you haven't, check out her podcast. Follow her on IG. She's doing such amazing things in this world for all of us. 
and we love a queen so give her a follow support her definitely if this podcast is inspiring and resonating with you please do share it with your loved ones leave us a review it really helps us to give the algorithm a little love and amplify this message definitely add your name to the sensual wholeness academy waitlist and check out those details if you haven't yet links are all in the show notes Sending you so much love and I can't wait for another episode next week.